The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 88. Talk about managing event day stress with Jessica Gelder. As a former collegiate and Olympic athlete, Jessica brings a unique and distinct set of skills and experience to her clients' wedding planning dreams with her company, Shine Events. She knows what commitment, vision, and hard work look like and brings the same drive that took her to the Olympic Games to her wedding business. With over 15 years of experience in planning, design, and coordinating events, this year Jessica has turned her attention to industry education, specifically on the athlete's mindset and how wedding pros can benefit from this thought work. As we open up our society again and get back to events, you might be experiencing some feelings of being rusty or feeling anxiety and just getting back to work. So this episode with Jessica is so important for the right here, right now. I am thrilled she's here. Jessica is here to spill all the tea on this and more. You know what I'm going to tell you, friends. Go grab that coffee, grab that tea, and we'll see you inside the episode. Let's go. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, friends. And thank you for listening to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, joined by my friend, Jessica Gelder. Jessica, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you today? I'm I'm doing pretty well. I got to be honest. I had to wake up at like 5 a.m. this morning, so I'm a, I feel like a little low energy, but I've counterbalanced that with an extensive amount of caffeine, so I feel like I'm ready for this conversation. That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> So today we are talking about um, tips and strategies for managing our event day stress and anxiety. And I just love this topic because I feel like we all sort of cope with our event day anxiety, but I don't know that we manage it very well. So like when you first started talking about like how this was your like pet topic, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm, I don't have that much event day stress. And anxiety. And then I realized that like, I actually have a large amount of it. I just have had it for so long that it feels normal to me. Yes, exactly. I, exactly what you're saying in terms of those of us who are familiar with those feelings of stress and anxiety, when we're in a pressure situation, um, we, we learn skills to be good at it and to learn how to manage them well. Um, but it's not a normal skill, depending on how you grew up and what your job experience is. Although we can't like pinpoint exactly like what our heart rate's going to do when it starts to rain on our ceremony, you have a background in, in as an athlete. And so you, I feel like you have kind of pinpointed like just different ways we can be thinking about our business that have nothing to do with being a wedding pro, right? 
So you are absolutely right. It is really hard when we're in the middle of a wedding and there's chaos happening, let's say it's starting to rain, um, to be able to figure out what to do in that moment. But as an athlete, some of the things, the, some of the skills that we have learned um, throughout our life and throughout our training is one of those things is called um, circle of control and visualization. Oh. And so when I, when I think about rain, I go back to circle of control. And I think about when I'm planning for a wedding, when I'm, walk, when I'm walking through the plan for a wedding day, I think about all the things that I can control. So I can't control the weather. I can't control who my clients choose as their vendors sometimes. I can't, I can't control other people's feelings, etc. But I can control what I have done to prepare for it. So in the case of rain, any good planner, we've thought about that, right? Like we've gone, we know, we've looked at the weather, we know potentially what we think is coming. And so in looking at and planning for potentially having rain, we should have gone through a mental rehearsal in our mind of what we're going to do in the event that happens. So you literally walk through your wedding days ahead of time mentally. 100%. As an athlete, we run through our competition from beginning to end. Now, every athlete is different. Every person is different in terms of how they visualize. And so there's truly no right or wrong in that situation. But you will have uh, Olympic athletes who have been interviewed about their visualization. And they will tell you that they visualize every moment from when they wake up to what they eat, how they get ready, the drive down, like if you're, if, you're, if you're at the Olympics, it's probably on a bus, but however you get to your competition, walking into the facility, what you're listening to, what you're telling yourself once the competition starts, like they literally, they learn, they teach themselves how to visualize every portion of the day. Now, again, that's totally different for lots of different athletes. And for any one person, it's completely different. There's no right or wrong, but yes, hundred percent we run through what the plan for the day is. Yeah. When you first told me this, I really was like, I'm not shocked in a bad way, but I was like, huh, I never thought about that. And the only thing I can compare it to, because you guys who are listening know I'm not an athlete. Um, the only thing I can compare it to is in my, um, in my twenties, when I was a musical theater performer, you know, when you're trying to learn a new dance, a new part of a routine, or especially when I was on tour, um, a lot of times we'd pull into a new venue and we'd have to, you know, re-choreograph some stuff to fill, to either fill the space or because we didn't have enough space. And I remember that I would make myself run, run through it in my brain. If I, even if I couldn't do it in my body, even if I was in a bus, you know, and I couldn't get up and dance, I would make myself do it in my brain, hoping that it would stick, not really knowing if that, if that was like, you know, going to stick, but hoping that it would. Um, and I think it's uh, in, on some levels sort of the same thing. I was doing it more as like for, out of necessity as opposed of like a meditation, which is kind of what it sounds like for an athlete. It, it ends up being a little bit of a meditation, yeah? It's actually both. So I am so glad that you brought up your example because it's kind of considered a way to program your central nervous system. So a really awesome little piece of information is that your brain cannot tell the difference between something that you are imagining in your head, such as you doing your dance steps, your routine, and actually physically doing it. The muscle oh, fiber, the muscle fibers are this, like it fires the same muscles, 
Um, there was a study done at Stanford on visualization with the basketball team years ago where they had three groups. They asked one group to practice shooting free throws for an hour. They had one group who would visualize shooting those baskets. And then they had one group, uh, control group who did nothing. A month later, when they went back and tested, the group that actually shot for the hour had a 24% increase in their ability to make baskets. And the visualization group had a 23% increase in their ability to make baskets. So no way, they, just 1% yes. off. Yes. So truly, crazy. truly your brain and what we tell it and the, like the things that we see um, in our brain when we're imagining absolutely play an important effect in how our body and our brain functions when we're in the moment. Love that. And I think this is especially powerful for us event folks when we know we have a wedding that's going to be challenging. Like here in LA, we have so many venues that are like built on the side of a hill in the middle of nowhere, like up a mountain with no reception and everything's far away and you need golf carts and everything's like, it could be a disaster. Like we have so many of those scenarios here. I guess every market probably has one or two of those, but it seems like we have so many. And sometimes we can psych ourselves out of the day by thinking like, oh, everything's going to go wrong. Whereas I love what you're saying, which is like, we can psych ourselves in to having an awesome day just by going over it in our, in our minds beforehand. Yes, 100%. And the more detailed we are, the more confident that we become and the better it plays out in our mind and the better it will play out in reality. So, and it's a learned skill. No one should go into this thinking, oh, I'm going to start visualizing. And then they get disappointed in themselves because all of a sudden their brain is wandering into you right. know, like what they're like, that's a normal thing. It takes time to learn how to sit there and like go through each step and develop that into your routine. But it's a skill that absolutely will help them feel better in the long run when they're walking into an event day. So I wanna talk a little bit about stress. I know you and I spoke offline about how stress has become, or you know, in modern times, we think of stress as this horrible, awful negative thing, but your, the definition of stress is actually pretty different or the original definition. Yes. Um, the original definition that was actually comes from 1936. It seems like it would have been around longer than that. Um, just think about a def the definition of a word coming in 1936. But so the original definition yeah. was the non-specific response of the body to any demand for change. So it wasn't that the scientists who were studying stress put a negative or positive connotation on the word in and of itself. That's something that we define. So when we're feeling stressed, we can decide whether it's a good stress for us and it pushes us to, an, to excel or it's a bad stress and it's something that maybe we need to step back from or look at or figure out how to deal with. Yes. Yes. It's so, it's so true. I also think too, like, I mean, I, you know, I think words are so powerful and the way we use our words should be so intentional that like, I feel like saying that I'm stressed for me or saying that I'm busy have become sort of phrases that I'm trying to stay away from because it's almost too, not easy, but it seems to be like a bomb for saying like for the real, the, the, what's the real thing? Like if you said I'm stressed, okay, but what's really going on? Like I'm busy mm, or you're just overscheduled, right? I'm stressed. Okay. Or are you just unprepared? You know, like what is really the root of it? And so I love that. I mean, I don't love, but it's so interesting to know that stressed didn't have a, a negative connotation at the beginning, but over time we have made it that we have, I mean, just in our everyday, like lexicon have made that a bad thing. So if we are someone listening who 
seems to sort of rely on saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. What if we flipped it? Like, what are some other things we could be saying with that same sort of sensation in the body? What else could we call it that's more positive? Yeah, so there is something that we also do as athletes, and we think about um, our patterns of thinking and our self-talk and what we say to ourselves. Okay, so when we're talking about self-talk and um, having a mantra, we're talking about the things that we say to ourselves. And I would assume most of us don't realize all the, like just the commentary that's going on in yeah. our head all day, every day, nonstop about what we're doing, who we are, how yep. we feel, the person that's here, right? Like that's just, it's a nonstop yeah. reel of words that are going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so we want to actually be very cognizant of what we're saying to ourselves. And as an athlete, I want to, I want to have positive self-talk. I think that's important for everyone, for sure. I mean, one of the big things that I've been working on with my life coach um, in the last couple of months is like that thought work. And sometimes when I say to people like, oh, I'm working on my thoughts, they're like, okay, that's crazy. How can you work on your thoughts? They just happen. And I'm like, oh no, they don't just happen. We make them happen. <laughs> right. So we know that negative self-talk can increase stress and anxiety when we're talking to ourselves. This is so hard. I can't handle this. This is impossible. And so we want to actively replace that with positive words, which seems so simple, right? Like the concept in and of itself isn't earth shattering rocket science. As an athlete, we would teach ourselves not to, uh, we would say, I am sure that my son probably goes up to the plate on occasion and I can tell these little kids and they say, don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out. Well, oh. the last thing I want, the last thing we want to say is don't, right? Like don't do that thing. Our brain doesn't hear the don't. All it's going to hear is the negative that we are repeating to ourselves. So I want to flip that and I want to make it something positive. So if I was in the, you know, if I'm walking into a wedding, I'm just saying super simple. I've got this. I'm the greatest. Like one of my favorites is Muhammad Ali used to tell himself every time he stepped into the ring, I'm the greatest. So we would pick a, you pick a mantra, you pick an affirmation that you say to yourself, I am a great planner. I am a great coordinator. I've got this. And that's what we go back to. Yes, I love that. This is also reminding me of something that my my speaking coach says all the time when we talk about like stage fright, you know, and feeling uncomfortable with putting ourselves out there in a vulnerable place when you're when you're like on stage is that she always says, you know, you can call it stage fright or you can call it fear or you can just call it a sensation that's happening in your body that you acknowledge and go, "Great, I feel that." Moving on. <laughs> and it's right. always it's it always sounds so simple when someone else says it like, "Oh, this is just something that's happening and we move on." I love that example of your son. It's like, "Don't strike out, don't strike out." And your your brain only hears strike out. So then they strike out. So if he were to walk up to the plate and think, "I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit a home run." hit a home run, hit a home run, then he might hit a home run. And I can already hear, like, I already know the audience. I can hear y'all listening going like, yeah, but it's not reality. It's like, well, it is if you make it the reality, right? So I think we, we tend to think that like our thoughts are just things that happen to us and we have to take what we get, not realizing that that like constant commentary in our brains, is, those are all thoughts we put there, whether we believe it or not. And and I feel like at a very minor level, just starting, like, I love what you said about just like walking in and saying, like, I've got this. Like, if you do nothing else after listening to this episode, the next time you walk into a wedding, and for some of us, 
I mean, I still have a long ways to go until I walk back into a wedding. Just even walking in that day when you might be feeling like, oh, I haven't done this in a while. is just thinking like, yeah, I'm a rock star. I've got this. That's what I think I say to myself more than I realize is like, you got this. Like, you're a rock star. You got it. Rockstar, I think, is my word. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's the most, the most perfect word. And it's true. The things that we tell ourselves, it feeds into our emotion and how we feel in the moment. So if we are telling ourselves positive, encouraging things, we're going to walk in there and we're going to look the part. Whereas if we are telling ourselves and we're, you know, we're, we're feeling that this is overwhelming, this is going to be hard, I don't know how this is going to go, and we're feeling this negative energy when we walk into the room at that venue when we're executing that wedding we're going to be giving off that energy so being able to uh, have that rock star i'm a rock star i got this attitude and talking to yourself in that way will absolutely play into how effective and successful you are in executing that event yes 100 percent. so can we talk a little bit about routines because routines are something that i know I do a lot to sort of quell anxiety in, in the everyday, but how do they help you as an athlete? Like, how did they help you in your athletic career? Did you have a lot of routines? Yes, we absolutely have routines. Uh, and this kind of goes a little bit back to visualization. All these things in and of themselves tie into each other in some form or another. But having, when we have a routine, it keeps our mind focused on what we know is going to happen versus all of the what ifs that our brain starts to gravitate towards when we're feeling anxious about something. So having a routine keeps us moving in a positive direction versus allowing us time to think about negative things. So your routine can be whatever you want it to be. There is no right or wrong. So your routine can start as early as the night before a wedding in terms of how you pack your car or all of the things that we bring to a wedding. I don't know about you, but my car is usually has way too much stuff in it. Um, oh, yeah. It looks so, like I live out of my car at a yes. wedding day. I'm like, who, what is all this stuff? Yeah, it's all our stuff right? or the client or the client stuff for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's packed to the brim. It's full of, you know, all the things. And so that routine for me starts the night before or the day before. It's probably not at night. The day before I pack my car, I go through my list of all the things that I'm making sure that I'm bringing so that I don't forget something. And then I am thinking about what time I'm getting up. The next day, what I need to do in terms of getting myself ready. I'm kind of like thinking about that, like thinking about a routine before the routine. And then I go to bed at a certain time. I don't, I try not to stay up late. I want to make sure that I'm drinking enough water, that I'm eating well. Uh, and then when I get up that next day, I have a routine that I follow in terms of what I eat, what I drink, how I get ready, when I, how I leave, what I listen to yeah. in the car. Uh, what I listen to plays a huge role in my routine and how I how I feel in terms of bringing the energy to that. Uh, having time to visualize on the car drive there the things that are going to happen at that wedding and how I'm going to execute them. And all of those play into my routine as far as how I get myself to the wedding day. Do you have like a like a pre-wedding playlist? that you listen to? Embarrassingly, yes. I absolutely have um, a playlist that I have manicured over the last few years. I'll tell you, it features a lot of Imagine Dragons right now. Love it, uh, <laughs> love it. But yes, right, so for me, like energy and feeling confident and feeling um, like 
like you said, your word is rock star. I love, you know, the Imagine Dragons natural. Like I love feeling that I've like, this is a, a difficult thing that we're doing and I've got this and I know yeah. that I'm good at it. And so I absolutely um, bring that energy as I'm arriving to the venue. I love that. We do that before webinars. Like when we do, when we do webinars, like during a launch, like it takes a lot of energy to do that. Te teaching online takes a lot of energy. Like when you're not with the same, like when you're teaching to like a big group because they're only seeing you through the computer. And so you have to really like over deliver. And so we have this webinar playlist that's called Get Pumped. And it has a lot of songs from Pink and, and Lady Gaga. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, I love them. They're amazing too. Yeah. Love them. I just like jam out and dance around the office. So that by the time I sit down, like my energy is up and I feel like, you know, a little more lighthearted than like, oh God, stressed out. I love the routine too. And you know, it's funny as you were talking, I was like, I have a lot of those routines already. Um, what I listen to in the car tends to vary, but we also got into like a rhythm with my team about the like the way we uh, the way we approach our work once we get to the venue like we have a system or like a just a workflow there where it's like we always you know put our stuff in the in the room for the vendors and then we have a meeting with every with the whole team and then we divide and conquer and this group goes to do ceremony and this group goes to do a cocktail hour and like and I found over the years that that has become really comfortable for the team because even though we're at a different venue every weekend, they know what their routine is because we've established it. No matter where we are, this is the order in which we do things. And it sort of happened organically, but I, I have to say I love it. And for anyone listening who doesn't have that kind of workflow with their team, really take a minute and like jot something down that makes sense to you. You're probably already doing it. You're just not putting a name to it because that kind of stuff, that kind of certainty uh, will really help your team be more productive and you because then you know where everyone is and what they're supposed to be doing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love that you guys have a routine that you've established. And it's so true because even if you think about what... I know we probably don't have like a, a lot of sports fans, but if you do follow sports at all, like think about a basketball team, they play at home, but then they play at stadiums all over the country. So they, you know, there's, they play on the road much more than they play at home yeah. quite often. And so, but they will have the same warm up routine wherever they are. All of those things will happen no matter where, what, what stadium that they're in. And so whether you're an athlete, whether you're a wedding planner, business owner, teacher, lawyer, you give presentations, everyone benefits from having a routine. All it can do is make you more successful and more confident. I love this. So for our strategies, we've got visualization as a huge one. We've got having a routine. We've got using a mantra. And I want to go back, let's circle back, haha, to circle of control, because you mentioned it at the top. And I think it's, um, it's so interesting to talk about with especially wedding planner to planner, because we are such control freaks, generally speaking, that like, how do you stop yourself from worrying about the things that are outside your circle of control? Oh, my gosh, such an amazing question. That is a question that we all have um, just about in everything that we do. And as an athlete, when I was in college, it got talked about all the time. And I am currently working on teaching my son um, how to understand the concept of what he can and can't control. Uh, so as a wedding planner, we, all, as I covered kind of earlier in the conversation, I can't control the weather. I can't control necessarily who my clients pick as vendors um, to an extent. I can't, you know, if the venue coordinator doesn't like me, I don't have control over that. I don't have control over the client's budget and what they're willing to spend. And so in term, for me to have peace 
about what I'm doing as my job, I have to learn what I can let go of, like what's worth spending energy and time on and what isn't. Those things that I can't control, I am just wasting energy by worrying and thinking about them instead of focusing my energy and mindset on the things that I do have control over. Yeah. I think like controlling your worry, like the worry button, the button that turns on the worry in your brain is actually some of the more powerful work we can do because like worry is just wasted energy. Like what can you do with that? There's nothing you can do. No, absolutely. But like, and I can control, I can control how I prepare. So this goes back to our routine and how the questions that we've asked our clients along the way, the prep work that we've done. So I can, I can control how well I prepare for a wedding. I can control my actions, how, uh, how I treat someone, how I react when someone treats me a certain way. I can control my mood, my words. So I just work like at the end of the day, it has to be about the wedding is executed. My event is executed as well as I possibly can. And I did everything within my power to reasonably make that happen in the best way possible. And that's the best that I can do. And the things that are outside of that control and you said, like, like you said, with the worry button, I can't, I can't do much about that. And so I truly learned to like, let it go and make yeah. peace with it. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. So, it sounds so simple when we say it, like, just let it go. <laughs> but, but it is when you work on it a little bit, I mean, it does get easier the more you practice it, like everything else, just like meditation and yoga and all those things that we sell that we call practices. It's the same with this thought work. I'm also wondering too, um, what if someone listening, they're listening to you say like, you know, you have a routine, have a routine for the night before. What if uh, they have fallen into like a bad routine? Because I know 2020 kind of threw us all for a loop. I mean, my my daily routine went out the window last year and it's back a little bit more now, but like what if someone finds themselves in a routine that they know is not serving them well? Like, how do you break a routine or how do you create a new one? I guess is really the question. Yeah, great question. So our routines are always, they're always going to be changing and growing as we change and grow. So it'll it, likely whatever routine you start with at the beginning of a year, it's probably, that's not how it's going to end because you'll be growing and changing and modifying it and find out finding out what works for you and what doesn't. If you're starting from scratch, you know, sit down and, you know, make a list of like what you do. We probably haven't thought about it that way. And just make a list of like what you do in the morning or how, and you can go, like I said, you can go back to the night before you can start in the morning, wherever you want, start making a list as to all the things that you do and that you care about. What makes you feel comfortable? What helps you get into that flow state of feeling in the moment and feeling confident? And then I would just work on like creating it. And like I said, it's going to change and there's no right or wrong. It's about finding what's comfortable for you. Yeah. And be honest when you sit down and write that list. Because if you, if like, <laughs> if what you want is to like wake up easily at 7am and have a cup of coffee in silence, but what you have is like a husband and a kids and dogs who like need things from you. Like those two things don't go together necessarily unless you make it happen or ask for what you need. So I feel like sit down with the honest list and then be like, what's the ideal list? I know for myself, <laughs> right? I had yeah. to have a conversation with my husband. So like all of you listening know I'm like lady, no kids, right? But we have two dogs and a cat. And I had to tell my husband, this was like years ago when I was really like, there was one year I did like 28 weddings, which for me is a lot of weddings. And I had this like kind of not like it was like a, I had like a little moment one of the mornings where I was trying to get ready to go to the wedding. I was trying to load my car and he was being super cute and trying to tell me jokes and being all lovey. And I was finally like, Hey, I can't do this. 
And he was like, what? I'm like, I'm, I'm already, my mind is already in the game. Mine's already on the wedding. I, I cannot, I don't want to watch a movie with you or like, I don't want to, no, I can't do it. And I remember him looking like so hurt about it. But then when I got home that night, I was like, here's the deal. This is what I need from you on wedding days. I need you to like, be quiet like like a little tiny like don't i don't want a lot of noise i don't want like an action movie playing like with gun noises in the back just like give me those few hours in the morning let me leave and then you can do whatever you want with the rest of your day and he was like fair deal so i already know that when like when i leave on a saturday and do a wedding he's like watching action movies all day and playing video games and that's fine in the morning i need it to be quiet and still and peaceful i just want to take a shower eat my breakfast and focus and we had to have that real conversation now, granted, I know it sounds everyone who has who has kids is like rolling their eyes at me, like, come on, princess. But it's what I needed. And I had to ask for it because he didn't just understand that I needed it. Also, I think in that moment, it was I got the clarity as to what I really needed. And I didn't yeah. have it before we had that little meltdown. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes it takes time and it takes practicing and figuring it out and learning, oh, this didn't work for me. I need to try something else. And so all of that is totally normal and um the amazing part about growing and changing well ain't that the truth that is 100 percent the truth i love all of this i love i just love that it's so actionable right like you can start today you can start today visualizing your next wedding even if it's six months from now <laughs> right you can start today making a routine for yourself you can start today um listening to your thoughts and making sure that you're choosing good ones like I just love all this because it's like everyone can do it no matter where they are. And I also know that you have you have something coming down the pipe that has more education involving this. Yes. Yes, I am working on putting together um, a course that's going to totally deep dive into all of these mindset tips and strategies and tools that we learn uh, mostly as athletes, um, but really anybody can benefit from them that we learn to use in high pressure situations so that we can execute at that high level. Yeah, because I think <laughs> I love that it's high pressure situations because that truly is what a wedding day is. And unless you're one of us, I don't think you understand exactly how high pressure it is. And when you first said to me, like, it's just like when I was an athlete. Yeah. I mean, I never thought about it like that, but like, you know, you've been to the Olympics, like, you know what a high pressure situation is. Yeah. I've had a few games where you're feeling, uh, you're feeling all the feels, you're feeling all the nerves in every part of your body. And yeah. And I, on wedding days, it's the same. I hear my teammates. It is truly game day for me. And I thrive on that feeling and that excitement heading into it. Not that I don't get nerves because I do. And I think anybody who does, even people who perform on stage when like before it starts, right? Like you get, you, you start to oh, feel yeah. those nerves and it's just about recognizing that when we feel all of that stuff in our chest and in our stomach, and we're kind of feeling a little antsy, that's just our body telling us that it's getting ready to go. And it knows that it's performance time. Don't interpret that as a negative, feel the feels and interpret it as a good thing that your body is ready and go out and conquer the day. Oh, Jessica, I love that so much. All right. So where can people find you on the internet so they can learn more about everything you've got to offer? Yeah. I, my Instagram is uh, the confident planner and uh, website is the same, the dash confident dot dash planner.com. Great. We'll put all of that in the show notes. You can go follow Jessica and learn all about how to be a more confident planner. And honestly, couldn't we all use more confidence? Like, hello, sign me up for that every day of the week. Because I think it's interesting too. Like, I think when I say that people are going to go, 
oh, come on, Renee. But you know what? We all have days and moments and or seasons where we're like, I don't know if I'm if I'm doing this. So I'm really excited to have your course out in the world because I think all that's like training that every single one of us can use, no matter where we are in our business or life. Like there's always going to be that roller coaster of like, you know, dealing with all the different stresses that come as we go through our business year by year. So thank you for doing that work, Jessica. It's so important. Thanks. I appreciate you so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Of course. What a pleasure. Friends, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say, have you left us a review yet? And I know it's like, do you want to hear about these reviews? You don't, but I'm going to keep talking about it until we get to a hundred reviews. So if you'd like me to stop asking, just go leave a review. See how simple that is. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and write a few sentences about what you like about the show, what gets you to come back every week. The more reviews we have with words that we have, the more Apple will show our show to more people. And therefore, I will stop talking about reviews. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We know your time is valuable and we feel so grateful and honored that you spent it with us. We will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. 